Hello, this is Darren. And this is Paige. And this is Where's, Where's the, the lemonade? lemonade? Where we talk about what happens when life throws you lemons. Make some lemonade? Uh, maybe. Some weeks it's lemon squares. Yeah, some weeks it's just lemons. Yeah. <laughs> On today's episode, we're going to talk about raising middle school aged kids in a blended family. Tons of fun. Lots of fun. This episode comes as a request of some of our listeners who said, I have middle school age kids, what do I do with them? Middle school age kids are hard anyway, but then when you add in a divorce and a remarriage and a blended family, it gets, it's hard. It's hard on the kids, it's hard on the parents, it's hard. Now you read an interesting statistic, the average age of kids of divorced parents when they get divorced was 11 years old. Yep. What a horrible time. I know. That's awful. That's yeah. awful. Yeah. We we didn't have any 11-year-olds when we got divorced. We well, didn't. We, well, Julianne was oh, 12. Julianne was 12. Right? Just barely. Yeah. She was 12. So, yeah. And she, Jacob was thir- almost four, 13, yeah, 13, almost 14. Almost 14 so. so we had two middle school age kids when we blended. Yeah. That was uh, interesting. And middle school was an interesting time because I used to say the perfect age for kids Eight to about eleven, they are wonderful. They figured life out until you know nature throws them hormones. Yeah, and they go. Their bodies go through a lot. Poor they, kids. They go through a lot. They and, do. And it's very difficult for them um, to understand all the emotions they're going through. They want independence. They can't have independence yet. They're yep. not you know ready for that. So there's a lot of interesting dynamics that happen in middle school. Uh, with all this puberty going on all at the same time. Yeah, middle school is just awful. It is. Like, it's just awful. I mean, it's you're trying to figure out who you are, who you want to be, who you want your friends to be. I mean, it's just... And kids that are a year uh, older are six inches taller than you. Right. Oh, my goodness. Well, <laughs> same, so we have two middle schoolers right now and one that just started high school. So we have a 12, a 13, and a 14-year-old at home right now. And... Sam is just about six foot tall. He's in eighth grade. And the sixth graders at the school are like just four barely, feet tall. I mean, yeah, just barely it is feet. comical to see him walk by these other kids. Like, it's just like, holy cow. But I remember just two years ago, Sam was tiny too. Yeah. I mean, he was never as tiny as some of these no. kids. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's a so big difference. huge changes going on, both physically, emotionally, hormonally. There's a lot going on for these kids, and since they're all trying to figure out who they are, it's a really tough time for most parents. And we know this because <laughs> we've done this seven times already. Yes, we are now on eight, nine, and ten. Eight, nine, and ten, and it is tough. And each kid throws us a little bit of a different curve. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you know what? When they come out on the other side of this, they're just like, I, you know me, I love hanging out with teenagers. Oh, like, I, know. I just, they're yeah. so much fun. So, and our kids are fun right now. I actually really enjoy hanging out with our kids right now, but they have their moments where, you know, their bodies are just doing crazy things to them. In fact, I remember, in fact, we were dating when Julianne was getting her hormones and everything was going chaos. And for me, I have three older boys and then this princess arrives in our family. I don't know what to do with her. I could barely even do her hair. Um, and as a single dad, that was tough on me. And how do I talk to them about, you know, girl things? 
Yeah. And because I can't relate, I can't empathize with them. Yeah, so I remember being on the phone with you <laughs> when I threw her in the pool. Yes, <laughs> and because that works with boys. Yeah, oh, he was like, "I'll pick you up and throw you in the pool." Yeah, well, he's like, "Hold on, I've got to throw my daughter in the pool," and I was like, "Excuse me, <laughs> that's not cool." And you were like, "What?" It, yeah, we had. Fun. It's it stopped her from throwing a fit, and I was like, "Oh, we need to talk." Yeah. <laughs> It always worked with the boys. Yeah. Well, and it worked. Oh, yeah, but... it worked. <laughs> and yeah. I'm sure, Julianne, I hope you remember that time. It was a great bonding time. Oh, she remembers us. it. Trust me. <laughs> she remembers it, yes. Now, other things that kids are going through besides trying to understand themselves and their parents is friendships are starting to really form now and become extremely important, especially for girls at this age. And girls tend to hit... Their puberty a couple years earlier than the boys yeah. at the beginning of middle school. And the boys are just coming into it at the end of middle school. Um, they start wanting to date or like, you know, boys and girls are pairing up and liking each other. Added on top of that some things today that we didn't have with our first kids, which is social media. Yes. Cell phones, the Internet access. All it's, things of the devil. <laughs> um, let me let me let me put my social media away yeah, real quick. Yeah, just a second. Let me <laughs> let me tweet that real quick. But all that—that's a lot of—that's a lot of extra pressure on these kids that are still trying to figure out who they are. It is. It's hard, and that's why. I mean, I'm sure lots of people will disagree with us on this, but we do not let our kids have social media. Our 12, 13, and 14 year olds do not have social media. Um, I actually think it's it's kind of detrimental to their self esteem, and they're already going through so much. And I, we both agree. We we agree oh, on this. That's one thing where we agree. And yes, that would be important that you and your spouse actually agree. Right, right. On, so on our kids point. don't have social media at all. Um, no. And you know, I think back to our other kids. Um, they did. I think like Julianne got Facebook when she was like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. Um, but never had Instagram, you know, never, and that Jacob, wasn't a thing. Jacob refused to get on yeah, social Jacob media. Yeah, Jacob and Dallin never had, Jake, they never had social media. So so this is newer for us to have to deal with this because our older kids just weren't interested. Julianne did join, but barely. I mean, it's not like she was ever on it. Right. So it's certainly a, a big part of uh, middle school age kids now. Well, and even in middle school, even Sam will say all of his friends are just on their phones. Yeah, so yes. lunchtime, can you imagine this? Lunchtime is dead quiet. That is bizarre to me because lunchtime in middle school for me was like mass chaos. Yeah. But now yeah. everyone's sitting on their phones texting each other or they're playing games, they're on social games. media. Yeah. And it's hard for also, we're also weirdos because our 12 and 13 year old do not have phones and our 14 year old has, has a flip phone. She has a dumb phone. So she, it no. doesn't have any internet on it. So we, um, we're we're strange parents in that way, but we feel like this is what's best for our kids. Yep, exactly. And you know, it's been it's been a little hard for our kids because they don't have them and all their friends do. Yes, but it has our been. our kids have kind of stood up to them and said, "Hey, I want to talk to you at lunch." Right. right, right. So they're hanging out with other kids that will actually have a conversation. Right, which is good. Other things the kids are going through in middle school, and whether you like it or not, it's in middle school now. Sex and drugs and alcohol and marijuana. Vaping. vaping all uh. these things are there. And 
You've got to have good communication with your kids to talk about these things. You do. I mean, all these things were there when we went to high school. In fact, sometimes I think the 80s were oh, really full of that, right? Yeah, I mean, especially sex. Yes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, at our school, we had the druggies in one corner. And you know what I mean? We, it was definitely around then. Um, but it's almost like back then it was, oh, those were the druggies. And now I feel like it's more mainstream. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was more the, acceptable. Right. Yeah. So you Which really is scary. Have, yeah. You have to talk to your kids about it. If you don't, their friends will. Yeah. And do you want a 12-year-old teaching another 12-year-old about sex? Probably not. Right. Or social media where it will, will you know, yeah, inform or them. Worse. or yeah. Right. So it is important. I know sometimes it's scary for parents to have these conversations with their kids. Like, And I actually did research on this because I was so worried. You and I were talking about this, and I was like, oh, I don't know if we should really go into details about these things with our kids because this is going to plant the seed in their head, Right. So we looked up all these statistics. And they said, no. No such thing. If you, Our kid is not going to go do something because you told them, you know, you talked to him about it and said, hey, let's talk about sex or let's talk about drugs and why, you know, why it's important to not do this. And, da, 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 da. and they said, never has a kid done it because their parents talked to them about the perils of doing it. So yeah. that made me feel a lot better that... It's not planting the seed. It's well, you know, maybe we should do a whole episode on how to talk to your kids about sex because oh my gosh, it was a great oh, yeah. thing that happened here, and we'll we'll have to save that story. Oh my goodness, on yes. how we we talked to our blended family about sex. This is that yeah, is a, and older kids leaving the table because they were laughing too hard, and yeah, and the younger kids had great questions. <laughs> yes, that they did. I don't think the older kids knew the answers to. <laughs> they were so just shocked that the questions were, were coming. Yeah, it was. Yeah. A, well, <laughs> Watch for that episode coming up. Yeah, That'll be yeah. a good one. Other things that you need to instill in your kids is your faith and your virtue that you have. And your values. And your values. Otherwise, you're going to learn those things from social media or from other kids at school. So don't be afraid to talk to your kids about these things. Even if you see the eye rolling or the, yeah, whatever, dad, it's or mom, you know. Right. They're going to come back and remember those talks that you've had with them. Definitely. Raising middle schoolers hard enough, now add a blended family into the mix. Oh, these poor kids and the poor parents. <laughs> yes, us poor parents. And we actually interviewed our middle schoolers uh, for this podcast. We wanted to find out what they were thinking. Yes. And um, the answers we got were what I kind of expected. Some were them. expected and some were unexpected. Yep. David's were expected. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah David's 12. were. Or, they were twelve-year-old answers. Yeah. Not exactly <laughs> comprehensible. T- no. Yeah. yeah. Typical twelve-year-old. <laughs> you can tell that the hormones are break are are baking that brain. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he's thinking through things. Yeah. Right? Um, and then Malin mentioned things that I thought she would mention. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, going back and forth between homes is difficult, and two parents, you know, four parents now difficult um and different rules double up all all these different things and then sam talked about how it's to be in a big family yeah how it's hard to stand out when you have other siblings that are you know talented or you know smart and this and that and how do you how do you you know make your mark in this big blended family and then he also talked about 
which I was, it was very unexpected yeah, for me, but I'm glad he said it. He said that sometimes you don't know if you're feeling loved by your step parent. If you're feeling, you're feeling like they might love their own children more than they love you. And I went, wow. Yeah. Very insightful. And he said, he said, you know, when you're upset about something, you're already feeling bad about yourself. And then, you know, you have an interaction with your step parent and you just go, oh man, you know, they like their kid better than they like me. And he said as he's getting older, he knows that that's not true. Right. Um, but it's still, I think even now, he yeah. it puts this seed of doubt in your head when you're upset or, you know, something no, like well, that. Of course. So, so those are things you have to watch out for. So this is really delicate where you walk, especially when you are a step parent with a middle score. And I think a lot of times it has to do with how long you've been their step parent when they get into this part of their life and um, what your relationship is with them. If, for example, when you first came in um, to Ju- Julianne's life, um, she was already in the, in, she was 12. Right. So she was already going through the major changes in her life, plus divorce and all this. So how did you manage that? Because you're not her mom. And you didn't want to come in and take that role, but I really was lost. I didn't know what to do with her. It was it, it was really hard. In fact, Julianne terrified me the most out of all of your kids for sure. <laughs> Which is hilarious because she is the sweetest. Oh, she is the she is now. the most delightful, sweet. I mean, I just adore her in every way. But she terrified me, and she knows this. We've had this. I mean, she absolutely knows this. We had this conversation, and um, when you and I were dating, were we were we engaged? Yeah, we were engaged. We were engaged, just newly. I think we were newly engaged. Oh, yeah, we were. We were newly engaged, and we were going to a church activity because you, from your, um, you were We're involved. We were going out to the lake. You were involved with the young men and being a leader for them, and we were driving out to the lake. I was going with you, and all the kids were coming, and Julianne was, yeah, Julianne was throwing a fit. I don't even, I have no idea about what anymore. Um, and I didn't think you were handling it well. I wasn't because I didn't know what to you do. You were telling her that she was going to have to get out and walk home. And I'm going, oh, no, he's an idle threat person. Like, I, that's so not me. <laughs> and so I'm just sitting there going, I mean, Joanne's screaming and throwing this fit and crying and yelling. And you're yelling back at her. And, and I am just sitting there going, I don't know if I can do this. And then I, David, who was four, David started throwing a fit, oh, yeah, and I I seriously was like, I don't know if I want to take this on. I did. That was that was my biggest night of my concerns. So I remember we we did the activity. We came back. I got in my car, and, and I and I took ahead. Sam and I went home. Yep. And you were really concerned that maybe I was gone for good. Yep, I was. We called and talked about it, and I humbly asked you i need help right what do i what can i do better with yeah you did you did you were because you had already raised two daughters yeah you you knew what to do with daughters i i didn't and for those of you people out there that don't think that boys and girls are different you're crazy they yeah, are they're very, very different, especially at this age. Oh, yeah. Their hormones are so different and making them act differently. And yes, very, very different. Very different. So, yeah, that that terror, that was a scary night for me. I went back and I remember 
I talked to my friend and I, we went out and just got a hot chocolate. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm terrified. And, and she kind of talked me down off the ledge. Um, thank you, Maria. Yeah, for, thanks, Maria. She, she saved us. Um, and I called you and said, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little freaked out right now, but I want you to know it's okay. You know, I, I didn't want you to worry too much. And so until oh, we were I was very worried, I'm, I'm sure you were. So anyway, but we, we talked about how we could handle these things going on because I'm, I'm not a person that I, I won't let a fit go on. I won't like, well, and that's the one thing that I appreciated about you. When you talked to Jewel, when we talked about it, mm-hmm. I liked your plan of attack. Your plan of how to discipline, which is all about teaching. Right. Right. And and you sat down with Julianne and myself. No, it was just you and Julianne. I don't remember. It's been yeah. so long. And you talked to her about the hormonal changes she was going through. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly didn't use the word hormones because that she would have been horrified that, yes. you know, this new lady in her life. But I just said, you know what? I know that... This is a hard time of life, and middle school is the worst. And sometimes you cry, and you don't know yeah, why. Yeah, you don't know why, and you know, and I, you feel angry, and you feel frustrated, and you want to just rip on everyone around you. And I said that is not acceptable. No matter what is going on inside your body, no matter what you're feeling, you can feel all that, and you can have all those emotions, but you are not allowed to take it out on your siblings or your parents or. Anyone around you. Anyone around you. So, so you sent, the the thing was, is when this happened, she went to a room. You go to your room and, you know, you go, you scream into a pillow, punch your pillow, whatever you got to do, and then come out and we can talk about it and, you know, move on. But yeah, you cannot, we're not your punching bags, your emotional punching bags. And that's what was happening is whoever was, you know, in earshot was getting a so the thing i appreciate about this the most was that you addressed the real problem instead of just saying stop the behavior right you 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 taught her what was going on and that's what i really appreciate about it. she started understanding her own body better she started understanding hey these emotions i'm having are caused because my body's being inundated with these new hormones that are coming in but don't use the word hormones. Okay? Yeah, but don't use the word hormones. I'm serious. I know. I'm not kidding when I say this. You can't. They will be horrified at this age if you say yeah. these. But that these changes. <laughs> yes, these changes. But it took about three months of you yeah. and I just being consistent. With you have her. to be consistent is the key. And you just the key. You, when she starts doing this, you look at her and say, "Not acceptable. Not Go acceptable. Yeah, head and to your room, and we'll talk to you in a little bit." She was up there in an hour. Yep. Sometimes she went up there for five minutes, came down, yep. and apologized. She always apologized. Um, so because she is such wonderful. a sweetheart, and her nature is to be a sweetheart. Yeah. It was just her crazy body that was taking over her, and everything else that was going on. Her dad just got her dad. And mom got divorced, and her dad's remarrying, and so much was going on for all of our kids. It was, but you know, it affects some differently than others, depending on their age. It really does. So. Um, so the, yeah. I guess the main thing that we learned from this was consistency. Yes. Every time. Open. Every time they walk in and if they start letting loose, every time you say, I understand you've had a hard day. I understand you're frustrated. You're tired. Head on upstairs to your room. Right? You don't need to yell. In fact, you shouldn't yell. You shouldn't get upset. Head on upstairs to your room. Come on out when you're done and let's talk. 
Right. Yeah. Now, even with your own uh, your own daughters, you did this. Oh yeah, because yes, I had some daughters <laughs> that were very emotional, <laughs> very yes, emotional I heard stories, very even emotional. to the point of removing doors off of yes, bedrooms oh yes, or slamming oh, yes. doors and I and like I, my my kids did know that I was serious. If I said I was going to take your door off, if you slammed it one more time, by golly, that door was coming off, yeah. and it did, and it did. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's another great thing that I learned from from you is the no idle threats. No right? idle threats. If you say you're going to do something, it has to happen. Yes, so and to your detriment. Yes, sometimes to your detriment. Oh yeah, sometimes when you know you say you're if you keep this up, you're not going to have video games or TV for two weeks, and then they do it again, and you're like, oh man, I got to entertain <laughs> this kid. What did I just do? Yeah, exactly. So yes, be careful because they know they I mean, kids pick up on it so quickly. If you're not consistent you're not serious they know it you. oh yeah, yeah. Walk so that's that's, that's a key. key another interesting thing is uh that kids they're trying to figure out where they fit in the world during this time now you add in there two families right um and if both families are blended that look how many people are now involved and they're just trying to find out how they fit in so it's important that you understand that and find something special about them Definitely, I totally, I totally agree with that. Because um, that's a that's a tough time for these kids. It is these poor kids. Yeah. What we what we put them through, right? Yes, and remember that you put them through this. Yes, whether it was you that wanted your divorce or your ex, you're you are the as the adults you put them through this, and you've got you have to be the adult. You've got to be the adult, and you've got to try and put them back together again the best that you can, and help them through these hard times. And remember, your whole goal here during this time is to teach. Yeah. All right. So all your discipline that you do should all be a teaching moment, uh, a way of teaching them how to deal with what's going on in their lives, because um, it's a tough time for them. It is. Poor kids. All right. So now let's talk about survival tips how do we survive these middle school years i think a lot of ice cream that is actually true how many times do we go to rite aid if people don't know this rite aid yes the the, the pharmacy. pharmacy store has really really good ice cream yeah it used to be the thrifties 15 cent ice cream yes dollar like 15 or $1. yes 15. we used to stop on our way to the beach and get a it was like a quarter for us now i think it's it's still pretty cheap yeah it's still pretty it's like a buck or a buck 50 but anyway right aid right aid ice cream yep it <laughs> solves all problems solves right? all problems so you take your kid one-on-one -on -one, or sometimes if you have more than one all three of them yeah you go get right and everything calms down Yep. You spend time talking to them. Yep. So I think the number one tip besides ice cream is probably um, demand and give respect. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is That's really important to teach your kids um, if you call how them to be respectful. Names, or if you yell at them, you're going to get the same thing back. Yes. Don't name call to your kids. And don't let them do it to you. Do not let them do it to you, please. They need to learn respect, and you need to give respect. Well, and that, that's in both ways. I think all the kids know if they said anything disrespectful to you, they would have to deal with me. Right. And I, that's a healthy 
love or fear. I don't know what you want to call it, but... I remember that. I'm sure it was that way in your home, in my home. Oh, oh, yeah. If we even, you know, kind of sometimes looked at my mom sideways, my dad would be like, hey, that's my wife. And that's we were right. like, okay, okay. Right, and same thing, right? You yeah. You don't let the kids talk disrespectful to me. Yep. And, you, and, that, and that goes by teaching, so um, by example. Right. Right. So we do our best not to be disrespectful to each other. The kids learn that they can't do that. So that's modeling it between us two. And then also when you're talking to your kids, you know, they're starting to become adults. They're not adults yet. They don't. In fact, they will not thrive if you give them complete independence. You need to talk to them and teach them how and why there are rules um, and what they're going through. So right. I think that's the number one thing. So, yes. Yeah. Give respect and get respect. Um you know what? I don't. I don't see it on our list here. But something really important is, as a step parent, especially in these middle school years, especially if if you get married, you're starting your blended family with middle school age kids. Which chances are you will? Yes, you have to step back. You you can't always like even though you and I agreed on what we were doing with the kids and the middle school age kids, I did not. No, I had enforce, to take the lead with. Yes, I did not enforce those things. Um, you had to, because that's just not what they need um, at that time. Now, it's different with our kids that we have now. It is. Because we've been married eight years. Um, so our 12, 13, and 14-year-old, they have known this way of life most of their life. Yeah, they were four, five, and six when we got married. Yeah. So, so they were already used to, I have four parents now teaching me, guiding me, right. and helping me. It was, yeah, it wasn't, oh, this is stepmom. Oh, that's stepdad. It's just, this is the way it is. This is who, you know, these are the adults in my life that are guiding me. But this also leads to another potential problem, though. You may have fear in dealing with your children. When Absolutely. When they're doing something that's not okay. Because you're like, well, if I put my foot down here and try and teach them here... But at the other house, at their mom or their dad's house, they're like, no, this is the party house. Then you have a fear that they will not want to be with you. Absolutely. That, that is a, a real fear. And you know what? When we just interviewed the kids and we interviewed David and we said, we asked him, you know, what are some good things about, you know, a blended family? And he said, well... At one house, I could be grounded, and he said, like I am here, like he's grounded right now at our house, right? but he's not at his mom's. And so he said, you know, the good thing is, is I can go, you know, he's not allowed to play video games here until he gets a grade up. Well, that's not the rule over at his mom's, and so he, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, they... And so that gets hard for us because we're like, oh, you know. So I guess the thing here is do your best to have a good communication with your ex on setting up, you know... Common rules, common discipline, if you can. Yeah, if you it's can. It's not always going to be the case. It's not because you you both have different opinions. Different opinions. And now that you're not married. Otherwise, ma we'd still be married. Exactly. <laughs> and now that you're not married, you don't have to agree with your you're ex's not, opinion. Nope, and so, you, you know, even though she, you know, they may say, okay, you can go ahead and ground them, but I'm not going to. There's nothing we can do about that, no. right? I mean, there's not. No, there isn't. But... Don't step away from trying to teach your kids and disciplining your kids. Otherwise, this problem is just going to exacerbate itself worse when they're in high school. Right. Right. So now is the time with these kids to teach them and to discipline them. Right. And you have to do it in a kind and loving way, but don't don't step back. But and you're right. That's a, it's a real scary fear for blended families because 
oh, they're not going to want to come here because, you know, this and that. But we still have to parent. And it's hard sometimes, but we have to parent the right. way if, that we are going to. Yeah. In fact, we read something that said, don't disengage when kids act out. It further contributes to parent-child discord. It's, and marital dissatisfaction, yes, absolutely. which I found super interesting. Well, it's almost counterintuitive. Oh, if I just do whatever Johnny wants me to do, he'll be happy with me. Right. At this age, that is the opposite. Right. Right. They really want a parent more than a friend. Right. They want someone to teach them. Even how, how even though they, this? they may not be exhibiting that. <laughs> they won't exhibit right? that. But yes, I think in the long run, they will look back and say, thank you, you know, for having those boundaries for me. The other thing on here it says is openly talk with your kids about their friends, find out who their friends are, um, about sex and drugs and what's going on at school. Openly talk to them about it. It doesn't mean share what you did in middle school or what you did in high school, but talk to them about what they're seeing and what, what they're experiencing. Yeah. Keep those doors open. Uh, open. Absolutely. Even though you may get, you know, oh, how was lunch today? Good. You have to ask. Who'd me. you eat with? Someone. Some friends. I mean, so, and sometimes you're going to get those answers. We get those answers all the time. Yeah. And sometimes it depends what mood they're in. They get, you know, irritated if we keep digging and sometimes they open up. But you're much better at asking them that than I am. Well, right? that's just personalities. Well, and and they say, yeah, school is fun. All right. I'm okay with that answer. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wait, just a second. Who'd you have lunch with today? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you grumpy today, right? Right, and yeah. so you do a better job Dig at, a little at bit. digging a little bit. Another thing you brought up was don't pack a bag. So explain this. Yeah, I was reading this article that it said when your kids are going back and forth from mom's house to dad's house, don't pack them a bag because it makes them feel like they're living um, a hotel lifestyle, a temporary lifestyle rather than a permanent lifestyle. And I thought that's super interesting. So yeah, we don't pack our kids a bag. I mean, we never have. Um, of course, we're also right down the street from each other. But there are certain things that we don't have two of. And so we have to stop and get those things from, you know, but the house. This, but this ties into their clothes or their clothes. Right. It was saying, do not put that pressure on your kids. It was saying some parents will say the, the clothes in that, that bag that I just packed you, I expect every single article of clothing to come right back to my house. And this is, I've seen this on the social media groups that I belong to about blended families. There's a lot of people that do that and say, whatever clothes I send, I expect to get them all back. That you, you guys, that set is your pride aside. That is, that is not, you're not putting that on your ex. You're putting that on your kid. Because guess what? Your ex is going, I don't care what goes back. And even if they do, your ex isn't going to go, okay, let's take a picture of everything that's in here. Ex you, they're not going to do that. And your child is now having this responsibility of, am I getting everything that I'm supposed to have? And You just put it undue pressure on your you kid. You did. And so it, they said that that's, that's just detrimental to your child. So it said just. You know, what, you know, what about when, you know, David has no shoes here anymore? Because well, they're that, all over at his mom's That has house. happened. Yeah, in the summertime, happened. he's been dropped off with no shoes on. and Because it's early in the morning. Right. No, no, no. It's, it's totally fine. And then we have to go. St and then we're like, oh, you have no shoes here. And so then we have to stop over. But like I said, we can do that because we're close. we're close. So 
you know, it works out for us. So you may have to spend a little extra money to get extra clothes. And that's what it said. If you end up sending, you know, you buy, you feel like you're, you feel like you're buying more clothes than the other person. Oh, well shop at Walmart, shop at Target where it's not that expensive. And I'm not saying that this isn't a big deal. I'm saying stop putting this pressure on your child. This is undue pressure that they don't need. And they already have no control over so many things in their life. Let them have control over their clothes. These are their clothes. Let them. And that's another thing that leads into here, which is they need some ownership and control over something. Yes, they need something. Right. They need something. Maybe their room. Right. Or may, whatever it is. They need to own something and feel some permanence and some roots somehow. Right. right. So, yeah. So, fill their drawers with clothes at both houses. And, but like I said, there are going to be things like we're not going to buy two cellos, right? Of course not. So, no. <laughs> so, there are certain things we have to get back and forth. And the best thing to do is just openly communicate with your ex and say, you know what, we're out of shoes here. Do you guys have extra pairs of shoes laying around there? Most of the time, most of the time, everything will go fine. Right. right? And you go, oh, yeah, we did. And I was just, all right, can we pick some up next time we drop the kids right. off? Or right. Whatever it is. Yeah, you got to let those little things go. You do. You got to let those little things go. Okay, another thing that you had on here, learn, to, learn when to walk away from your middle schooler. Yes, I think I brought it up, up briefly. You do. You have to learn when to, when they're in a foul mood and it's going to happen, um, they may not be in the mood to talk right then. And you got to read those cues. And if they don't want to talk right then, just let them, let them be. Let them be. I mean, if they're not, I, I, it doesn't mean that they're screaming or yelling or doing anything like that. But if they are just in a grumpy mood, walk away. Walk away. Let them as have their space. Not, as long as they're not being you know disrespectful right that's what i'm saying just just walk away let them watch a show to decompress let them have some time by them let them go to their room whatever they need to do for a while you know 30 minutes an hour try again after that but let them decompress walk away don't keep pushing 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 right no that makes sense and then the last probably the most important tip is that you and your spouse need to show a common front in front of the absolutely scores that is for any parents um, but yes, especially in a blended family, you've got to have a united front. The step parent and the bio parent need to have a united front. Yeah, well, you, that's probably, probably the, the toughest, toughest thing, thing to get. get. Yes. And, and that's not always, I don't want people to think that you and I agree on every little thing. We do no, not. We don't. And, but if you say something you and I'm sitting me up, whether it's, I back you up and not. I mean, I might be fuming smokes coming out of I've my ears, out of oh, ears and I'm going, times. I can't yeah. believe you just said that. And I'm like, Darren, can I talk to you? Yeah. And we and go I, upstairs. And I already know. Oh, man. Yeah. And we go. And you've had to talk to me before. I mean, it's happened for both of us. And we go and we talk in our room and say, you know what? I don't think you handled that right. Or It may not even be right away. It may right. be later. Yes. Right. Um, and sometimes we've had to backtrack with the kids. And don't be afraid to do that either. You can, you apologize. can, say, you can tell your kids, I'm sorry. Absolutely. And you should. I they need. They need to see that parents also make mistakes and that they... Accept that mistake and say, you know what? I messed up. That's okay to say that to your kid. I shouldn't have said that. messed up. Let's move forward. Yes, let's move forward. If you do that, do you think your kids will then be able to come to you and say, you know, mom, dad, I messed up? Absolutely. Because if they think that you're this perfect, oh, they never make any mistakes, and they just think that I make mistakes, but they never do, they're not going to want to talk to you. I thought my parents were perfect. And did you talk to them a lot? 
Yeah, I did. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, but I, yeah. I learned later on in life that they weren't. And then when I hit 30, I understood, oh, yeah, my parents were really good. <laughs> right. And now that I'm 50, I'm like, holy cow, my parents are saints. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think that it's important that we show our kids that we're not perfect, that we apologize. Um, I, I think that's harder for you than it is for me. Well, maybe it is. To apologize to the kids. You're yeah. easy at apologizing to me, but... It's hard as an adult to admit to a child that you, you know, you messed up. But yeah, I, I think it's shouldn't have talked to you that way. I was right. upset. I think it's important that that they see that. No, I agree. All right, for the lemonade moment of the week, we've got a doozy for you this week. It comes from our daughter Madeline. Yep, she's going to be a ventriloquist with the dog. <laughs> I don't know how else to, to lead up to this. <laughs> so we were recording the kids on what it's like to be in a blended family. And uh, we've had some issues with the dog, uh, so much so, as you heard in our last podcast, we ripped all the carpet out of the downstairs of the house. We have new carpet squares in, and so far it's Super going classy. Like, super classy. Mm-hmm. It's going okay. But Madeline decided to get in front of the camera and pretend like the dog was talking on what it's like to be in a blended family. To be a dog in a blended family. Oh, the trials. Oh, the trials. It is pretty darn funny. It is funny. And um, our limited moment is that our daughter can actually joke about these things and is self-aware enough to be able to give that. You can see that uh, video on our YouTube channel and you'll hear the audio now. About having siblings that go back and forth. One time I'm in one bed and then the other time I'm in another bed. It's very difficult. This is so hard for you, Heidi. Heidi, your voice is so elderly. <laughs> another thing is that Madeline's my favorite. She's not here all the time. And it's just really hard and embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Heidi. We'll try and make things better for you. Thank you. If you like today's episode, give us five stars on iTunes, Spotify, Google. And head to Facebook and like us. And check out our blog at whereselimonade.org where you can leave questions and comments. But most of all, Go out and make some lemonade. You betcha, baby. On our next episode, we're going to talk about how to stay positive when you're being pelted with lemons. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. (laughs) 